following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on a rainy, gloomy, dreary Friday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area as the hopefully the rain has moved out and uh, supposed to be getting some sunshine later today. So hopefully that is the case and uh, hopefully you're all doing well today on Friday, uh, March 10th, 2023. Hope you all have some fantastic weekend plans. Uh, it won't be watching Auburn basketball this weekend. I can tell you that as the Tigers lose last night in the SEC tournament don't you worry we're going to talk all about it today just me in here today Carter uh, on the road he is uh, attending a wedding this weekend and so he is out it is just me here in the studio Jacob Goins with you next for the next two hours right here on ESPN 1067 and uh, just like old times right just like old times where I ran solo in here for a long time before uh, Carter joined me back in August so a little flashback to the past but should be a great show today as we talk all things college basketball, again, as the uh, SEC tournament rolls on, uh, the game that's going on right now about to wrap up Alabama taking care of business against Mississippi State. They're up 70 to 47. Well, make that 72 to 47. Alabama just having their way with Mississippi State. And so, you know, they're going to get that win. And I was afraid of this. I was afraid of, of what would happen to uh, to Mississippi State, given how they had to fight against Florida in overtime yesterday to uh, to move on and play Alabama today. But Crimson Tide, they're just too good. And they are going to beat Mississippi State 72-49 to in the SEC quarterfinal. They will move on into the semis. They'll play the winner of Tennessee and Missouri. So Alabama, it goes final. They defeat Mississippi State 72-49 to in a game that offensively was not very good for either squad. Obviously, Mississippi State only scoring 49 points. But Alabama didn't shoot it very well either. Uh, but Mississippi State unable to capitalize on that. They fall to Alabama. And now the Bulldogs await their NCAA tournament uh, hopes. And they just await and see if if their name is called on Sunday. Uh, They are, as of right now, as of right now, according to Joe Lenardi, they are in. Uh, They're one of those last four buys as of last night. We'll see if that's the case with the loss today and if they are, in fact, in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to talk more about that. Talk about the SEC tournament. We'll talk about Auburn and Arkansas last night. We'll also talk about where Auburn is as of right now in bracketology with Selection Sunday coming up in just a few days with the loss last night. Where does Auburn stand? Are they in? Are they out? We're going to talk about that 
all show long today. Again, just me in here, uh, Carter on the road, so you got me for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7. Jack Hutton will join me uh, later on in the show, more than likely in hour number two, as he does on Friday. So just you and me today, looking forward to it. Phone lines are open all show long. You know how Fridays are around here. It is wide open. So give me a call, 334-321-1390. And that number again, 334 334- 321-1390. Your thoughts on Auburn basketball's performance last night versus Arkansas. The Tigers fall to the Razorbacks 76-73. to Give me a call. I want to hear what you have to say about this game last night because, look, it's, it's one of those... It's one of those performances from this Auburn team, right? It's one of those games where Auburn didn't play well. They didn't play well at all. And many, many aspects of the game that will break down throughout today's show but yet they still had a chance to win they still had a chance to win at the buzzer with a three and even down the stretch if you get a stop or two right you get a good chance to win if you hit a shot or two you have a good chance to win and those things just didn't happen for Auburn last night in Nashville against Arkansas. So we'll break it all down. But again, your thoughts on Auburn uh, losing to Arkansas 76-73. Does Auburn make it to the NCAA tournament? Give us your thoughts. 334-321-1390. And to look at this as a whole right now, Auburn, this is what is so frustrating about this Auburn team. And I've talked about it for basically the entire year, but I've really hammered home this point over the past month or so. When this Auburn team plays a good game, when they play really well, they pick up a big win, and you start to feel confident about how they're playing and what they could do moving forward, they turn around and they don't back it up in the next game. Or they don't back it up two games from then. There's no consistency with this Auburn basketball team right now. And you look at the last six or seven games. Look at the last seven games that Auburn has played. Right? You beat Missouri at home by 40. Right? You're winning that game the entire time. You're up by 30 consistently, and you end up winning that game 89-56. to Do you remember that game? where Auburn's offense could do no wrong. The defense was playing lights out, and Missouri had no idea what was going on inside of Neville Arena. You come out of that game in the midweek for Auburn, and you're thinking, okay, we're playing pretty good, right? Auburn is playing good basketball. You've got a chance to go on the road to Vanderbilt and pick up another big win with Ole Miss coming up afterwards, and you can start to get a little momentum. What happens? Auburn goes on the road and they lose at Vanderbilt 67-65 in another poor performance. You come home and you play a poor game against Ole Miss. You do happen to beat them 78-74. And then you go on the road to Kentucky and you get embarrassed 86-54. But then you turn around in the midweek again and you go to Alabama and you play really, really well. Auburn played extremely well at Alabama had every chance in the world to win that game and they probably should have but they didn't and they win at 90 to 85 or they lose at 90 to 85 excuse me then they come home and play Tennessee and they play a good game again and they beat Tennessee 79 to 70 so two games back to back you're like okay you're playing well let's carry this into Nashville let's have some confidence let's see if they can make a little run 
And then you go out and you do what you did last night. And you lose to Arkansas 76-73. And it's not the fact that Auburn lost last night. It's the fact of how Auburn lost last night and why Auburn lost last night. They lose to Arkansas 76-73. to And the consistency is what gets me so... It's just confusing and it's mind-boggling because you just want this team to play. You know how good they can be. You know how good they can be defensively. You know how good they can be offensively. And you know how good they can be trying to grind out a win, but there's just no consistency. And that's what I'm going to harp on today. We'll break down this game all day long and what Auburn's future holds, but we're going to get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who have I got? Well, we had somebody, but then uh, just lost him. So if you called in, I believe the call just dropped. So uh, if you were calling in to hop on the show, give me a call back. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. No screening or anything. We're going right into it today. Just me here in the studio. So if you call in, I'll throw you on and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. But again, 334-321-1390. And you begin to look at this game last night for Auburn. You lose 76-73, and the performance for Auburn just wasn't good. It wasn't good, and you can break down stats. You can break down trends. You can break down first half versus second half, early game versus late game, whatever you want to do. There are so many things that you could point at for this Auburn team where if you make this correction or you do this a little bit better, you win that game tonight. Or you win that game last night and you're still playing tonight. There's so many things to point at, and we will do just that. But getting to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, I think I got you. You're a little quiet. Are you there? You now? Okay, uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know... Uh, I just wanted to kind of comment on this piece, and I, I, I agree with you. That I believe, I believe Bruce Kerr would tell you this has been one of his most frustrating. And I think your service isn't great, man. I can't. I'm. You're kind of cutting in and out on me. Hello. Hey, there you are. You, yeah, you're kind of cutting in and out. I think I got you now, though. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Bruce Pearl would even tell you that this has been a, one of his most difficult years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as far as coaching, you know, he would probably tell you that he didn't. He, it, 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 the coaching fell this year also. And I'm still behind Bruce Pearl 100%. He's the best coach that Auburn's ever had in basketball in the Things will get right, but uh, the, the, the team, when you're up and down that much, you've got to question, it's, it's either, uh, it's, it's hard to it's hard to kind of pinpoint. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very hard to pinpoint because you're right. I mean, look, we, we've talked about Ed, and it's good to hear from you. It We've talked yeah. about how how Bruce with this roster had some some expectations right and we appreciate the call Ed good to hear from you 334-321-1390 look it's hard to pinpoint where exactly this has gone wrong um we've talked about how 
Bruce had expectations for this roster that just didn't pan out with Treyor and Westry, one due to injury, the other due to I don't really know. I mean, Treyor, when he touches the floor, it's deers in the headlights type of thing. And so don't know where that stands. I don't know what the future of that is going to look like at Auburn uh, for Treyor, but there's no doubt that Bruce Pearl had expectations for this roster and they just didn't pan out. And that's really tough when you bring in two five-star recruits, two highly rated freshmen, and you bank on them being extremely good and massive contributors to your team, and they don't even play. They don't even play. One of them is redshirting for a medical redshirt with Westry. Treyor is not even an option. He's not even an option. Bruce does not look his way when it comes to who's going to step on the floor. He played one minute last night. One. Treyor did. He played one minute. Even when Dylan Cardwell was out, it was a a huge hesitation to put Treyor in when Janai Broom had to come and sit. But he didn't sit long. Broom would sit for a couple of minutes, and then Treyor would come back in. Not last night. I'm talking over the weekend when Dylan Cardwell was out because Cardwell did play last night and actually had some impactful minutes. But Bruce Pearl was banking on Treyor and Westry to be his go-to guys, and you pair that with some of the experience of Wendell Green, KD Johnson, Zepp Jasper, Alan Flanagan. You bring in a guy like Jani Broom, Jalen Williams, right? You take the experienced guys and you pair them with the young freshman superstars, and you're going to have something good, but he only had one piece of that two-piece puzzle, and... That's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes in college basketball. That's how it goes in college sports. That's how it goes in sports in general, right? You take a shot on somebody, they may or may not pan out. And this time it didn't work. And that was a tough pill to swallow for Bruce Pearl, who pretty much had to accept that by the time conference play rolled around. By the time the new year changed in January, he pretty much had to realize, okay, Westry's not going to be able to go because of the injury. And Treyor, I can't trust him to play in an SEC game because when he steps on the floor, he looks like he's lost. And having to realize that for Bruce Pearl and adjust that and realize, okay, I've got to play with about seven or eight guys, that's a tough, that's a tough realization. He has done a pretty good job given the circumstances. Now, with this roster, there are guys that should have gotten better And I think they have, but not to the extent that they should have. There are guys on this roster for Auburn basketball right now that just aren't good enough to do what Auburn wants to do, to compete in the SEC, to compete in an NCAA tournament long-term in a long way into the NCAA tournament. You look at guys on this roster, look at the guards. Wendell Green, Zeb Jasper, Flanagan, and KD Johnson. These guys are good. They're good, but they're not great. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they play really well. Sometimes they shoot the lights out. Sometimes they make incredible plays. KD Johnson was the best player on the floor last night. But then you turn around and play a game a couple of days later, and they're nowhere to be found. KD Johnson doesn't score. Wendell Green shoots 2 of 12. Zeb Jasper doesn't shoot anyway. Alan Flanagan turns the ball over a lot. But then the next game, 
They all score double digits. It comes back to inconsistency with this team. It comes back to inconsistency with this roster. Did Bruce mishandle this roster coming into this year? No. I don't think he mishandled it. But I think he took a shot and he missed. I think he swung and he went over it. And look, that happens. That happens. And you got to be able to move on from that. And you got to play your best players. That's what Bruce has done. And that's what he's doing. But I do think it's fair to look at Bruce and question coaching a little bit and ask, where have we gone wrong with this team in particular? And why have they not gotten better? Why are there so many inconsistencies? We'll talk about that and also get to the phone lines when we come back. Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7, here on a Friday talking all things Auburn basketball and the SEC tournament. Give me a call. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. Dan, you're on the line first. Welcome in. Uh, how's it going? It's going well, man. What you got? Okay, as far as the game, I think it's pretty obvious. The, the big key to me was, you know, I know Jalen Williams didn't have a good game scoring wise but he is one of our star players but you know he's a power forward and he ended up with one rebound mm-hmm. and and even if you go down the line you had you know Johnny Broom with seven which is not bad uh, I would have made it be, I'd be great if he was getting 10 rebounds a game at least but that's fine okay then you got Alan Flanagan who's your small forward he only got three rebounds and then Dylan Caldwell he wasn't into that much but he only got one you know you can't have your center power forward and small forward and getting 10 rebounds, 11 rebounds, you know, first string and second string for the whole game. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. And Auburn got killed. I mean, they got they got destroyed on the, on the boards last night. And second chance points for Arkansas were, they were crucial for them. And just how many possessions did Auburn, did Auburn give up because they couldn't grab a rebound? And, and Dan, you're absolutely right. I can think back to where there were games this year where Wendell Green had more rebounds than everybody else on the team. That's not okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, with smaller guards, you know, you're hoping you're going to gain an advantage with speed, quickness, getting more steals, stuff like that. I don't really expect them to get a ton of rebounds. Right. Okay, but but your low post team, you know, I, look, Johnny Broom is playing center. I've already I mentioned this before. I mean, he's playing center. He's probably more of a true power forward, you know, with his body style. But but he's a great all-around player. But at, at a power forward spot, I think he would be great. But – we just don't have a true center right. that can rebound. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, you you could move him to a four. Um, I think he may be a little big, but I could see that. But, yeah, that's exactly right. The problem is there's no one else to put at the five besides uh, Dylan Cardwell, and then you'd have to bump you know somebody else out of the starting five. But, no, I mean, Jani Broom, you know, 50 or 13.7 boards – I'm okay with that. I'd like, I've said he's a walking double double. I think he should have double digit points, double digit rebounds every time he plays. Um, But yeah, you look at the rebounding numbers. Alan Flanagan was your next one up with three. Everybody else had one or two. So that's just, I mean, Leor Berman had two. 
Like he had more than most people. Like yeah. it's just you can't expect to win like that. Yeah, he's the least athletic guy. But he, he actually <laughs> does have a pretty good nose for the football. I mean, for the basketball. He does. Yeah, I mean, he does. He has, Absolutely. He's a pretty good rebounder for his size. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I think that's the big key. You know, and granted, once we get some some bigger guards in, that'll help. Yeah. I know the one guy in two years is act. He's like about six three, six four. That would help. You know, but if you're going to have smaller guards, you definitely got to have somebody who can clean the glass down low. I mean, no, no doubt. I mean, 19 rebounds in a game is an extremely low amount. Period. Yeah, I mean, 19 <laughs> rebound, 19 rebounds on over 100 combined shots taken from both teams. Like you got 19 yeah. misses off of 100 shots. Come on, man! Like it's yeah. you can't. Like I say, you can't expect to win like that. Yeah, and I mean, look, Arkansas's got a taller team, and, and they're very athletic. Obviously, a lot of five stars on that team. And look, it's not shocking what they did. It's just more about what we didn't do. And so, you know, look, we have a team that can win. You know, I wish we'd have more consistency, just like you said at the very beginning. It's like you just can't have one guy have a great game, you know, one game ago, and then this game totally disappears, and then and then another guy steps up, and then another guy totally disappears. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's extreme. It's, it's frustrating, man. It's been very weird, and I tell you what. It's not only frustrating for you know for somebody like me to talk about it, for fans like you to watch it. Bruce Pearl has got to be pulling his hair out every single game, just trying to figure out what in the world he's going to do with this team because the games are limited now. I mean, it's they'll they will more than likely be in in the NCAA tournament. I, I'm confident in that, but your number, your games are are limited at this point. So we'll see what they can do. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the call, Dan. It's good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll get back to the phone lines. And Terry, you're on line two. Welcome in. Hey, Jacob. How you doing, man? Doing great, Terry. How are you? Pretty good. I've never seen the Auburn team get out-rebounded like that. Yeah, it was bad. I've seen it happen, but like that, no. Never. It, was, it, it wasn't, you know, you could just take the numbers out of it. Like, take the take the overwhelming stat that they got out-rebounded by. Just the visual effort on the boards right. of right. Arkansas versus Auburn. I mean it was it was bad. Yeah, I don't think I think Arkansas rewinded Auburn about eighteen or so. Yeah, it was thirty seven nineteen. Thirty seven okay. That, so that that's unheard of. I mean uh, for a center did you say the Janiah Broom had one rebound? No 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 Janiah Broom had seven rebounds. So okay well that's still not a but that's terrible ter- still a terrible number. You guys should have at least a dozen. That's what I've said. I've said he's a he should be a walking double double. There is no well, reason he can't have ten points, ten rebounds every time he touches the floor. And once again, Jacob, once again, when the Green's got the ball in his hands with the last second to go, and he does nothing. Yeah, I was waiting okay. to see if you were going to bring that up. I I haven't gotten to that final play just yet, but yeah, I mean, I I don't like it. I don't like the, I like the play call. I like the play call, but I don't like it being drawn up for him, a guy that wasn't having a good shooting night. He went 2 of 8 from the floor. He was 2 of 5 from deep, that fifth one being the 3 at the end. Jalen Williams is your best shooter, and I know he did not have a good night shooting the basketball. Nobody did, really, but Jalen Williams has got to be the guy you get that ball to. It's got to be. It's got to be Jalen Williams. He has proven that he is your best shooter. He's your most consistent shooter. There's that word again. It's got to be Jalen Williams. So I don't mind the play call at the end. But giving it to Wendell Green, I just didn't think was the move. It's, it's almost like what, what has worked all game long. We're not going to do that because it worked. And we're going to let Wendell Green play one-on-one backyard basketball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what frustrates me. It's just it's irritating and frustrating. And I, I don't think you know Bruce Pearl. I think he's misunderstanding how the team. He's done as much as he can with his team, but he's misjudged everything greatly. Yeah, he's he's misjudged. Obviously, the roster. We've talked about that, but 
there Bruce Pearl is not just in the in the clear in all this. Like there are things with him. We've talked X's and O's. We've talked game plan strategy at times before and during a game that I really scratch my head about sometimes with Bruce Pearl, especially this year. Just been some really questionable decisions by him. Well, Auburn's lack of size at guard has come to fruition, especially in the last say ten games or so. Yeah, just ran out of gas. The lack of size is a lot bigger than people think. Is you're asking? I just noticed who was the guy running with the bright idea to guard a six seven guy with a five nine guy last night? <laughs> that, that that makes. I mean, I know nothing about basketball, and that doesn't make sense to anybody. And you were saying about a guard when you're a guard leading your team in rebounding is like your strong safety leading the team in tackles. Yeah, it ain't good. Yeah, and Auburn good. Auburn just doesn't have size. Unfortunately, that's the problem too. Is they're just limited on guys who have size. But Jacob, it also shows you just how much he was counting on Chance Westry and, yep. and Traor. No doubt about it. He was he was sure. counting on them big time, and it just didn't work out. Sure. Take care, guy. Yeah, appreciate it, man. That's good to hear from Terry and Dan here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. Jacob Goins here in the studio. Carter out on the road going to a wedding. He is out, so uh, flying solo. But Jack Hudden will join me coming up in just a few minutes, so we'll get his thoughts on this. And we'll continue to talk about Auburn and Arkansas last night in Nashville just so many things that went wrong last night for Auburn. So many things, and Dan put it a really good way. It wasn't what Arkansas did. It's what Auburn didn't do. And I think that just that summarizes this entire Auburn basketball season because most of these games coming into it, what have I said? It's not about what that team's going to do. How will Auburn perform? And Auburn didn't perform well enough last night to win. Arkansas didn't do anything crazy, but Auburn didn't do anything to win either. 30 minutes in to our number one. Jack Hutton joins me on the other side talking all things SEC basketball. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7. My co-host Carter Bird out for the day, but Jack Cutton joins me in the studio a little earlier than I thought, but good to see you, brother. How are you? Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Talking. Uh, you know what we're talking about. Auburn oh, basketball. We, we talking it, baby. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> well, talking Auburn basketball as they lose to Arkansas last night, 76 73 phone lines are still open uh big thanks to dan and terry calling in in the last segment giving their thoughts on this team this game this season uh it's not over yet but it just it's just very deflating on how last night went so give us a call 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 we'd love to hear your thoughts on auburn as a whole uh, SEC tournament that is going on. Alabama got a very convincing win over Mississippi State to start the day. Tennessee, Missouri just tipped off. They're just over a minute in to that one. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But again, give us a call. 334-321-1390. Jack, I have started to get into all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a two-hour show, and it, could, it very well might take two hours to address all of the issues of last night. But just your your initial reactions and thoughts to what happened last night in Nashville for Auburn. I think the talent gap that Auburn experiences and and has experienced for a lot of this year uh, reared its head again. I do think that if you've, if you've heard, you know, some of the content that, that I'll put out or like, you know, going on after the game, 
um, or just on this show even, I've said this entire year that if you look at the 247 composite rankings for talent on your team, and so when those guys came out of high school, what were they ranked? Mm -hmm. You know, essentially how highly rated were they? And if you are comparing who's on the court, not who's on your roster, because in that instance you're saying, well, okay, we're going to count Chance Westry and Yoan Treor as, you know, five stars. Well, they're not playing for you. And maybe you count a little bit of Yoan Treor, but again, they're, they're not really producing or playing for you very much. Played one minute last night. Yeah. I don't think you count that. Yeah. And so if you look at it that way, this is the least amount of talent in terms of average stars per player that Auburn has had since that 2015-16 team under Bruce Pearl. Wow. That was his second team where they won 11 games. It's, I think, right at about, and I don't have the number right in front of me, but I believe it is it is a sub-three in terms of the average player. So you're counting Lior Berman on that. You're counting Zepp Jasper, who wasn't ranked out of high school. Like You're counting a lot of these guys who weren't ranked, and you've got some four-stars. You've got Jalen Williams on there. You've got Alan Flanagan, who was kind of a fringe four-three. Chris Moore was a four-star. Dylan Cardwell was a four. But you've also got some of these other guys where – that's that's not really you know upping the ante in terms of numbers. So all that to say, I think it's very obvious that there there is somewhat of a talent gap between an Auburn and an Arkansas. Now, I'm I don't want to use that as an excuse because I think that Auburn was plenty talented enough to win that game last night if they don't do a couple things that they really should have done. Number one rebounding they get killed on the boards I mean out muscled in just about every way not even 20 rebounds total last night for this squad they get 19 to Arkansas's 37 mm-hmm. and, and that's something that Dan and Terry both brought up who called yeah. in in that last segment that's what we had started talking about was the rebounding and the fact that Auburn had 19 rebounds as a team as yeah. a whole for 40 minutes of basketball you grabbed 19 rebounds that's unacceptable Oscar Sheboy is going to have that number tonight yeah, I mean, he is. Gra- yeah, I mean, Sheboy is capable of grabbing more rebounds himself than Auburn did as a team last night. Janai had seven. Nobody else had more than three. Allen had three. Nobody else was right. They were all in that two or one area. I mean, Leor Berman had two rebounds last night. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect to win a by only grabbing 19 rebounds, but b allowing Arkansas to grab 30 plus, almost 40 rebounds. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you just. And, and I told Terry, I said, take out the number itself. Take out the fact that Auburn got out-rebounded 37-19 to 19 when you just watched it, when you just watched the game. When it came to a loose ball, a rebound, grabbing the board, Arkansas beat Auburn to it every time. They beat thought, them every time. Yeah, and I thought Auburn did get beat a few times. I thought a couple of those were really incredibly unlucky bounces for Auburn. You would see a few times where a rebound would go up and – there's three Auburn guys there to bring down a board. You got you had Janai Broom, Chris Moore, and I think Jalen Williams on the floor at one time last night. It's a big lineup for you. And they're all going for a rebound and they knock into each other. Ball goes right to Nick Smith in the corner and he hits a three. It just it was that kind of night, it seemed like. I was impressed, really, that Auburn found a way to fight themselves back into the game. Incredible. Outscored Arkansas 34 to 22 to end a game. A really good what I believe is a good Arkansas team that has run into some trouble every now and again, but is, is better than the seeding that they're going to get in the NCAA tournament, I think. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because this was a game in the first half. Auburn, they survived, I think, as a way to put it. They were down 37-33 at the half, not scoring much, not doing a whole lot offensively, giving up open shots, open lanes, 
poor defense on Auburn's part, I think. And then you get to the second half, and all of a sudden, Arkansas comes out firing. To start the second half, they went on a 5 nothing run in, in 10 seconds in two possessions. And just like that, Auburn sees a 17-point deficit come their way. And you're thinking, well, I mean, it's over. Like there's, there's just no, there's no way that this Auburn team, who is this poorly offensively for most of the season, who looks like they have no fight or urgency in this game last night, thanks to KD Johnson, they got back into this game. Which credit to him, he deserves it all. And that's huge, right? I mean, and I think what we're looking at now is okay. How do you pick up the pieces from here? And so. Something that you've got to take away from this game is you're starting to see the KD Johnson of old. And I know we've talked about that some, and we've kind of been a little hesitant to say, well, KD's back. I don't think it's quite that yet, but I do think that you're starting to see some of that old KD Johnson. I mean, you know, you go back to his last few games, really, he's been on an uptick, had kind of a, a, a game where he didn't really show up. Um, against Tennessee, but against Alabama, he was really good. Game before that, Ole Miss, he was able to hit some threes that, you know, for the first time this year actually going in, he hits the shot to send it to overtime in uh, Vanderbilt. Or, no, not send it to overtime, but, you know, he hits the tying shot with five seconds, Vanderbilt comes down and gets it. But you're starting to see a little more KD being involved on some of these things. Last night he breaks out for 20. Um, The big thing that I'm seeing, too, he had three assists as a non-point guard player. Um, so I, and his plus minus was 14 that led the team last night. So obviously I think KD had a really good night. Um, hopefully I think that's a guy that we're talking about the NCAA tournament and you're talking about, as we always do, you got to have good guard play in the NCAA tournament. That's a guy that if Auburn can somehow find a way to get him going and you get good, not great, but good play from your other guards, that could help Auburn along in the NCAA tournament. But they're going to need somebody to step up, and not just step up, but I think big time step up. You're going to need it because KD Johnson played really well, but the thing we continue to go back to, the word for this team is inconsistency. And you cannot expect KD Johnson to go 7 of 10 and get you 20 points every single night. You also can't expect Wendell Green to go 2 of 8 and get you 11 because sometimes he's good enough to go off for 30, but there's also times where he's, only good for five points in a night and the only guard that's consistent on this team is Zeb Jasper that dude's not going to shoot or score pretty much anytime he's in the game I was going to say that's consistent but that's very consistent it's not in a good way much yeah Yeah, not in a good way at all let's get to the phone lines 334-321-1390 Ty the Tiger you're on the line welcome in what's going on guys how are you man what's up Ty Man, not much, not much. So, uh, obviously, uh, tough loss yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too upset with it again. I mean, I want to win, but, you know, I've been telling you guys for a while, this this team just don't, doesn't have that. You know, you saw it versus Bama. You saw it versus Vanderbilt. I mean, you just, we don't have that closer that, that, that put the ball, put the rock in his hands, let him go menace the game. We have a different guy every night that does – good like again you guys are talking about KD and I, I I don't know what it was that he did to piss Bruce off and made Bruce sit him for a game I don't think we know exactly what it was or was it two games but ever since then man KD has, has come to play um, and done an absolute uh, amazing job since then sorry y'all switched on my Bluetooth no you're good yeah we got you <laughs> technology anyway, man oh. But, but, again, so, like, again, KD has been playing better. 
He's still not that guy. He's still a heck of a player and can do more on a basketball court than I ever dreamed of. So I'm not knocking the guy. Again, I'm just, you know, I'm just being real as a fan, you know, to to to, to think we're going to the Final Four. We don't have that guy now. Could one of these guys have a have a, have a heck of a three weekends and get us there? Yeah, I mean, you know, they, I hope so. Um, but you know, after the game, I watched Arizona State and. Um, and uh, who they play? Arizona State, and uh, they put them out. You at UCS that beat us, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guess he plays for Arizona State, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Cambridge. David, and you know what? I I kind of hate that we gave up the brother to go play with the brother. You know, and I and I don't knock Devin for going to play with his brother. I mean, that's a lifetime, you know, probably you know dream them two had. Yeah. I'm just kind of watching that game. I was really convinced the brother to come to us because the <laughs> yeah. brother is that guy. Well, the brother is, is the one. Sport. He's the one that <laughs> hit the game-winning shot to beat Arizona at the end of uh, the regular season. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying is we don't have that guy, and that's just kind of what I was leading into. But I mean, they them two playing that was fun to watch. That was fun to watch two brothers playing their butts off. Cambridge was like, I think, two for three or three for three from threes. He had like eight or nine points. I mean, he had a good game. But, again, with us, the same – He, I mean, he's playing the same game that he played with us. It's his energy, you know. And that's what KD brings. KD brings that energy, that, that you know, getting everybody in the, in the building uh, hype. And, uh, man, I mean, you know, I just – man, we've got a good team. We've got a tournament team. I just don't know if we've got that, you know, elite team to take us that next level um, this year. I like all the guys; they're great guys. I don't condemn them, um, but we just didn't have it. I mean, we just again, you look at the games we lost. I think there's only maybe, and in my mind, I can only think about maybe two blowouts that Auburn didn't have a chance to win the game. Yeah, and that's Kentucky. And then I'm trying to think of the other one, but we got beat pretty bad, and I can't think of who it is. I wonder if it was before SEC play. You may now it may have been. You may be thinking of the Texas A&M game at home, um, where Auburn ends up. I mean, they lose by 16. But if that's the one, see, I even you're right. Well, and I even feel Ty even feel like that was a game that Auburn feels like it could have had because you were in the at the end in the second half. You were down eight. With like I think ten minutes to go or something, Auburn I was cut it to at eight. That game. Yeah, and, and so I think Auburn like, felt like I it was, was in at it at that game, and and it was like okay, it was ten to two, and and Flanagan yep. rocked the house and dumped, and then the next thing you know, they go up like twenty to nineteen, and then it's thirty five to twenty, and Auburn's just chasing their tail the entire rest of the game. Yep, and A and M never looked back. You're right. And, and again, we, they they got ten points on us, and we just could never get there. But you know, after that ten points, we played them a really good game. The rest of the game, we just again couldn't close, couldn't close the gap. I mean, you know, look, am I? You know, if they if they make it to the second weekend, or even if the first weekend is close, am I going to go? Yes, because I'm a fan. But you know, I, I have expectations, man, and I know what they are. And I'm not a crazy fan to think that every year we should go to the Final Four again. It's a great, it's a good, good, good team, man. It's just not a great team. But I mean, all the guys are good, and I mean, we should be honored that they came and play for our team. Being honest with you, man. Yeah, so, no, you're absolutely right. 
you know. So anyway, as always, guys, War Damn Eagle, and uh, let's see. No, let me ask y'all this: Now that Bama, Bama, Bama's played their little first game, and they look like they're kind of back on track, who do y'all got winning the tournament? I still so Carter and I um, on Wednesday we filled out our brackets here on the show for the SEC tournament. I have Alabama beating Texas A&M, but my surprise team is Vanderbilt making it to the semifinals. I still have Alabama winning the SEC tournament. I just think they're too good, man. I like A&M. I like A&M. I think they're playing good. They beat Bama uh, at home the last game. I think they match up versus Kentucky very well, and I think that's who they'll play next round. Um, I like A&M. I think, you know, I think last year A&M got hot and couldn't get into the tournament. You know, they just had too many early losses and couldn't get in the tournament. And, you know, it was like Bruce said in his post game against that A&M game that we just talked about. He said, hey, they came up short last year, and they knew they had to have some key wins this year. They're doing it, and they've, they're, they're, they've got a good coach. I like A&M. I like A&M. I like, I like your final, but I like A&M to beat Alabama again because, you know, I just, I just can't. I, I just, I, <laughs> you just can't get yourself to pick guys, them, man. Appreciate the call, Ty. It's good to hear from Ty the Tiger here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We've had great calls all show long, and we'd love for you to be one of those as well. 334-321-1390. Jacob Goins joined by Jack Hutton in the studio here on this Friday edition of On the Line. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up hour number one. Still talking all things SEC basketball. We'll give you an update on Tennessee and Missouri in Nashville. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins joined by Jack Hutton in studio here as the sun starts to come out a little bit in Auburn, Alabama. Update from, uh, from Nashville, what's going on in the SEC tournament right now. Alabama got a big win over Mississippi State today uh, in the first game. Tennessee starting to separate themselves in the first half. They're up 16-9 to with 12 minutes to go in the first half on top of Missouri. Uh, I have Tennessee winning this game. I picked it on Wednesday yeah. when we filled our brackets out. Missouri, I was talking to Carter about this yesterday, it's crazy that when we're sitting here talking about the SEC tournament, who we think is going to win and who's going to be playing on Sunday, nobody says the fourth seed of Missouri Tigers who earned the double bye. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, nobody has any confidence in them to do anything here. Well, I think that's because if you look at their last few games, they really have, I mean, a good word for this is they have limped into this tournament. And it's not necessarily that they're losing games but they have played some barn burners against some teams that they really should have blown out. You look at their last game, they almost get beat by Ole Miss in their own house, 82-77. Before that, they went to LSU, had to eke out a five-point win there. They blew out Georgia. They did get a good win over Mississippi State, but that one in Como and went to overtime as well. Had lost to A&M, had gotten waxed by Auburn the week before that. And so this Missouri team, it, it felt like they had some runs during the season. They beat Tennessee in Knoxville. But, boy, over the last few games, they've been playing with their food a little bit. And I just I don't think it's very sustainable for a team to come here after doing that and you know perform well enough to win the whole thing. No, I don't either. And I just don't think Missouri's got the, the 
scores or the guys I mean they've got a couple of good players but I just don't when you look at this Missouri team you don't get super threatened by them I don't yeah. think and and maybe that's because Auburn did what they did to them I don't know but I've watched Missouri enough to to just I know that they don't have enough scores to compete with Tennessee right now because Tennessee's defense is what it is it's one of the best in the country and Missouri can't play in the 50s like that's not where they want to be Tennessee is totally okay with that yeah yeah definitely so the the one I think I was hoping that somehow Auburn would find a way to get Missouri uh, in like a second round matchup. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how it would have worked out, but I was hoping that Auburn could find a way to get Missouri because one, I think Auburn matches up really well with Missouri. Uh, Missouri doesn't really have a post presence. I mean, they have some guys that are over six seven under there, but they're all real thin guys. Their biggest guy, their most physical guy, is probably Kobe Brown, and he's much more of a three four kind of guy. Uh, so I was hoping that Auburn would get would get matched up in a second round game with Missouri should they have won because I think Auburn matches up really well with them. Tennessee uh, up sixteen to nine right now, kind of showing you know the defensive prowess that they have. But well, I tell you, they are they're physical. They're so and, physical, and, man. and the way that they do it tends to be a little bit exaggerated sometimes. I I, I got an issue like we're sitting here and watching. I think it's Plavjits who goes up for a layup there and kind of uses an arm bar to get free, just wraps the guy, and, and he's able to go up. And he, he still gets it stripped, but I don't know. Just I think they get away with a lot on defense, and I think that helps that defensive rating. Still a good team. Yeah, no doubt. And, and they're, I mean, they're borderline playing football out there, Tennessee does. But everybody knows that. Yeah. You know that when you go into the game with Tennessee, and you have to be able to match that, and that is what will keep Tennessee alive here in the SEC tournament and in the NCAA tournament as well because they're without one of their best players, Zakai Ziegler, uh, who is out for the year. Um, But their physicality will keep them rolling in the NCAA tournament. So we'll see. I don't think Tennessee goes super far, though. I really don't. I don't think they're all that great. All it takes is a good offensive team, and Tennessee is going to go down. They win today. They're in the semifinals. Yeah. And you're one win away from a championship game. Yeah, we'll see. We'll update you on what's going on around college basketball and continue to talk about Auburn and Arkansas when we get into hour number two. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well as the sun starts to come out and turns into a beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area on this Friday, March 10th, 2023. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7. My co-host Carter Bird out for the day, but Jack Hudden joining me in the studio as he always does on Friday. So we appreciate him stopping by, talking a little college basketball as... 
Conference tournaments continue to roll on. Games going on right now all day long and into the night and over the weekend as well as we quickly approach Selection Sunday coming up in just a few days and uh, we'll be filling out some brackets come Sunday night. I'm excited about it and uh, hopefully you all are as well. If you missed any of our number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center and it'll be right there commercial free or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast been talking college basketball been talking about Auburn and Arkansas we're going to get into some more of that here in hour number two and phone lines are open the entire second hour we would love to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 how do you feel about Auburn's performance last night versus Arkansas is Auburn still an NCAA tournament team? I think that's a legitimate question. We'll ponder that coming up in just a little bit. How do you feel about the result? How do you feel moving forward about this Auburn basketball team? Give us a call, 334-321-1390. And Jack will give some updates about what's going on in college basketball before we get into some more Auburn-Arkansas conversation. Well, I was going to say, you were talking about bracketology and, and filling out a bracket. And I've always thought, I want to figure out, like, you know, the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. Yeah. I want to figure out, like, what software company is behind all the inner workings of that and just pour stock money into that around <laughs> this time because that's the only time I ever download this app, of course, is right in bracket season, but I do it every year. It's the Tournament Challenge, that app that you can get mm-hmm. on ESPN. So I want to figure that out because I think you can make a lot of money that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they've got, obviously, there's tons of – of uh, c- bracket challenges and stuff on on different sites but here at Auburn Network we actually have our own bracket oh, yeah. challenge we have basketball mayhem and you can actually go and sign up right now uh, just go to ESPNAU.com click on the contest tab go up and get signed up get your name and email all that good stuff get signed up because come Sunday night once the brackets are released we're giving away some great prizes I think there's a TV in there uh, there's some gift cards in there all types of good stuff and an Auburn Network prize pack and so be sure you go and sign up for our basketball mayhem Again, ESPNAU.com. Get signed up. Get all your information in there because come Sunday night when the brackets are released, you can submit your bracket and whoever picks the best bracket and has the most games you're going to win a great prize pack and again includes a 55 inch flat screen tv so be sure you go and sign up espnau.com for our basketball mayhem but yeah man i love filling out brackets oh, I, man, I, so i'm a fun. kid man i'll print out 50 of them and, and fill different <laughs> ones out and and i'm traditional i'll do some online right like i'll you know our basketball mayhem that we have in espn's challenge and whatever but I I'm very old school. I want to print them out. I want to sit down with a pencil and I just want to write those things down. And then you got to go back and write over it with a pen so you can't erase it later on. Right? Yeah. Then yeah. then you got to sign the bottom of it because yeah. if you do get a perfect bracket, that sucker's getting framed one day. If it does happen, it will never happen. But you got to <laughs> sign the bottom of it and then I'll get it framed. But uh, this year, more than ever. I am very confident there will not be a perfect bracket Oof, because man. this year is going to be insane. There's so much parity in college basketball this year. I mean, looking at NCAA bracketology right now on ESPN, uh, Auburn's listed as of this morning as a 10 seed against Michigan State in that first round, which I'm all for. Bring it. You know, bring that matchup in the first round. You're paired up with Baylor Colgate, and I don't love being matched up with Baylor, but I'm looking at the other two seeds, and 
that might be the one that I'd be the most confident about. Especially got, with how Baylor's playing right now. Yeah, exactly. You got Purdue in there, Zach Eady. I don't want any part of him. Arizona is another team that's played well down the stretch. And then Texas, who has just caught fire here recently and really gone on a run with those long guards. So, yeah, give me that matchup all day because I think that gets Auburn into the Sweet 16. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think it does. I, th- I think I think Michigan State's a vulnerable team. Um, and then I think Baylor is your probably your best chance at upsetting a two seed. Now, I'm not saying that I think that gets Auburn to the to the Sweet Six. I may have said that. Sorry, I didn't mean that. But I think that's the best. That's one of the best chances I've seen gotcha. for Auburn gotcha. to make its way into the Sweet Six. Baylor scares me, man. They scare me because of they their. Do, they do me too. But I think that they're probably the the two seed that scares me the least right now. Right. It, you're saying that out of the two seeds, that's the best one Auburn could draw. I think so. Um yeah, and I'm I'm kind of there with you. Um Arizona maybe I would feel a little bit better than Baylor just because of Baylor's guards. I mean, their guard play is just so yeah. good. They're so experienced and and Auburn can't hang with with good Baylor, guard play. And Baylor reminds me though a, of a more athletic Missouri team that has longer guards. Um, I think the guard play would be really important for Auburn to match in that game, but I think that they can use some of that physicality down low, especially if you get big games from Jani Broom, Jalen Williams. Um, maybe Chris Moore has has kept his play up. Um, you know, maybe you can squeak out of that one with a win. I, I just I liken Baylor to more of that kind of Missouri mold where you're full of really athletic players but not really one huge presence down low well you bring it up because Auburn as of right now they have dropped a seed line to 10 in Joe Lenardi's bracketology and I said yesterday and I was pretty confident in this and I still am even though he has Auburn as a 10 seed I still think Auburn is a 9 seed in this NCAA tournament I think they are 10 may is fine. I think you're either one. Um, But I said yesterday going into the Arkansas game last night in the SEC tournament that I don't think either one of those teams were dropped with a loss. I think all they could do was go up. Lenardi proved me wrong this morning. But you look at different bracketologies on different sites from different people, it's all over the place. Well, I was going to say we can can discuss that even more, just, you know, how Lenardi kind of has been all over the place because I think there was a tweet about something like last night Auburn and USC were both nine seeds. And then Auburn loses to the number 18 team in the net by three. And USC, I believe, gets – I don't know if they got blown out last night, but I know they got beat by like the 65th ranked team in the net. And Auburn goes down a seed line. USC, I believe, goes up today to an eight seed. They got got beat by five. Yeah, yeah. But it's still like it's the same loss in terms of caliber, in in terms of uh, difference in points. But it's much difference in terms of lost caliber because Auburn goes down to the 18 net team. USC the 65th. USC goes up. Auburn goes down. And I get the head to head, but like you know that 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 kind of thing to me is questionable. Yeah, and it's all fluctuating right now with so many games going on, so many results coming in uh, every hour. Right, all these all these different games going on across the country. But Auburn drops from a nine seed to a ten seed, according to Joe Lenardi in his ESPN bracketology, because they lose to Arkansas last night in the SEC tournament, seventy six to seventy three. How do you feel about it? What did you see that Auburn could fix? Can Auburn fix these things before getting to the NCAA tournament? Give us a call, 334-321-1390. And we'll talk about this game some more. Yeah. Rebounding. Rebounding was atrocious last night. It was atrocious. It was bad. Whatever terminology you want to use, 
Auburn got manhandled on the boards last night, 37 to 19. And Terry called in an hour one, was talking about the rebounds. He called me back during a break and he was asking me about the rebounding numbers for individuals. Auburn had 19 as a whole team, right? The entire team got 19 rebounds. Janai Broom had seven. Alan Flanagan had three. You had two guys get over half your rebounds. Everybody else that played got nine combined. Can't happen. Just can't happen. And I think one of the things that that points to is your guards aren't crashing the glass. You're putting up a lot of shots that if they don't go in, they're not being run down by guards that are just, you know, have good position or anything like that. I mean, there is a way to rebound as a guard. If anybody's played, anybody that's played basketball before as a guard knows that it's not impossible to get rebounds. You've got to block your man out, number one. And number two, it's about hustle. It's about positioning. And Auburn just did not do that as a guard-oriented team last night. Um, you know, I thought that the, I thought that Janai Broom was – he's getting a little flack. I think that a lot of that comes from his free throw numbers last night. One for six, which, you know, you hit – you go four for six, let's say. You, you shoot your season average, and there's your three points that you're missing to, to tie that thing up. So, you know, like you have said before, there's Auburn at the free throw line again, not converting those opportunities. Um, but you know, he grabbed seven rebounds. So I think for the most part, he was fine last night, but the biggest question mark to me is where in the world was Jalen Williams? And it's again, Jalen not being able to come out in these, in these big moments and have a big game. And we've seen it before though. We've seen him have big games against big teams. We just saw it against Tennessee the other day, but for some reason when Auburn needs him, sometimes he's completely disappeared. And I wanted to read really quickly a quote that we saw Last night, it was from Jalen. I think he's talking to the media. He's about Chris Moore. They asked him, you know, how well was Chris playing last night? And Jalen says, I told Ira, Coach Ira Bowman, he said, don't put me back in the game. I'm not doing too much. Keep Chris in there. Chris went out there, started making plays, took charges, rebounding. He was doing great things like that that helped us come back. That's the quote from Jalen Williams last night, which to me, I get that that's a great quote if you're talking about teamwork and being a good teammate. But, man, I want if, – if, if I'm looking at how do I get success on offense, I want Jalen Williams to want the ball. And I, I don't understand the mentality that he, he seems to have of it's almost overtly he wants to get it to his teammates and he wants them to, to be the stars. And I don't know if it's just a lack of confidence or if it's just a lack of not wanting to be in the spotlight. I don't, I don't know what it is, but that quote really – that kind of says to me that Jalen doesn't want any part of that. That's not the quote you want from your best offensive player. Yeah. He is your best offensive player. When he is playing well, playing as he should, and as we know he can, he is your best offensive player. He's your best shooter. He's your most – well, borderline your most athletic guy. I think Flanagan's up there too. But Jalen Williams is very shifty, right? He's very, very good with his his body and his movement, his shot-making ability, his shot-creating ability, his his ability to get open, right? He is an athletic guy. He's your best shooter on the team. And then you get a quote like that. And look, like you said, Jack, I think you put it really well. When you're talking about, yeah, teamwork and, and being a nice guy, that's a good quote. It's a good thing to have on the locker room at a high school. You know, somebody who says, yeah, I want that guy in the game because he gives us a better chance to win. That's great. When you're playing in situations like this, I mean, it's just so – It's we've seen, as a really a community of fans, we've seen how good Jalen Williams can be 
when he puts his head down and you know actually believes that he can do this. And man, is it good. And for some reason, he just doesn't want to go to it. And the problem is, though, late game, game on the line. You have to draw up a play. You have to take a shot to tie this thing up, to take it to overtime. And Jalen's not there. Jalen is not considered for this shot. The play was not drawn up for him. Credit to Bruce Pearl. He drew up a great play. Yeah. Now, Auburn mishandled about 10 seconds before that because if you remember, they got the basketball with about 13 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever it was, and they drove all the way down there and almost turned it over, and Bruce had to call a timeout before disaster happened. And so Auburn had three seconds to inbound from beside in front of the bench off the sideline, and he drew up the play to throw it into Janai Broom opposite court, kick it out for an open three off a high ball screen off ball. It was a great play, and we know that Bruce Pearl is good at drawing up plays on out-of-bounds. Like He's one of the best in college basketball. Great play, great look. I just don't think it should have been Wendell Green. I agree, and if you, if you saw there, and I know we got to get to break soon, but if you saw you know, the possession, not the, I guess not the possession before, but right before the timeout, Katie Johnson comes down, and he's kind of doing his, his step-back three where he gets in on a defender and goes between the legs and then hops back behind the three-point line and does it. And the thing was is that for most of this season, I would have said, no, 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 that's a bad shot. We, you know, we've got to find another shot. Last night, I don't think I would have minded it if he had, if he had come down and shot that because I think he had a hot hand. I think he knew that he had the hot hand. And so when he did that, I was like, okay, sure. And then when he steps back and he slips behind the three-point line, I think that just threw everything off for him, and we had to scramble. And, you know, fortunately we had a timeout that we called, but I, I do wonder what would have happened if he hadn't slipped and he's able to get that three off beforehand. And even with that, I, I'm with you, but even with that, with the play that Auburn drew up, with how they had it set, they drew that up for Wendell Green. Yeah. He was the – like, they drew that up for him – in last night's situation, most times no, right? Most times, uh, there have been so many times on this program that we have talked about how Katie Johnson is not a good three-point shooter. He has gotten better as we've gone on, especially the last month or so. But given the situation last night, with him having 20 points, 7 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 2 from deep, and 5 of 6 at the free throw line, he was your best shooter last night. That play... I'm okay if you draw that up for KD Johnson. I'm okay if you draw that up for Jalen Williams. I'm okay if you draw that up for Alan Flanagan. Yeah. Wendell Green last night wasn't shooting good enough for me to take that final shot. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Um, he had hit some threes earlier in the game, but since then, I mean, he had thrown up a few threes that didn't go. And so I was more looking at who is hot from the field right now, and it was KD Johnson. Uh, maybe him, maybe there's a case for Allen on that one. I think you're, you could be right about that because he had just hit that three um, a couple possessions earlier. So, yeah, you can talk about that all you want. I, we do know that, you know, as good as Wendell Green can be at times in the clutch like this, he struggled to hit that bid shot. I think um, it was on after the game when Carter and I kind of went through it one night and found that Wendell was like one for eight when he takes the last shot. Well, yeah. Over the last few weeks, he's now one for 10 in his time at Auburn. And it's just, you know, I think some of them are good looks, but at some point you got to stop You got to stop going to what you can't fix. And sometimes you just got to knock it down. Yeah. Step up and make the shot. And it was an open look. It was a great play. Yeah, I didn't mind the look. Oh, I, I didn't either. I, I, I liked it. There's some that are saying that, well, he, he was – 
He's fading away. He's stepping back. I didn't hate the shot. I thought it was open. He just didn't hit it. He just didn't hit it. And that's been the story for a lot of these losses for Auburn. They fall to Arkansas 76-73 in their first game of the SEC tournament. We're going to get to the phone lines when we come back. We'll continue talking Auburn and Arkansas and talk about where does Auburn go for here as they wait on Selection Sunday. Stay tuned. We'll keep talking basketball here on the Friday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on through the break. How are you? Hey, man. Uh, I'm, I'm good. How are y'all doing? Doing good, man. What you got? I just wanted to, to yap about the game last night. Yeah, well, how do you uh, feel about it? Well, hey Shane, before you do, I just What's wanted up? to. I think they've. Uh, I think they've already done this, but I wanted to give you props on your prediction. Um, I think the last time I talked to you was the Tennessee Thank game. You, man. Yeah, man, that was yeah. that was something. We uh, we shouted you out on after the game, but that was a big pick. It was the second time all year that uh, Tennessee had given up that many points, and and you called it. Yeah. You said they're gonna. This is the I second time they're gonna give up eighty, and it was right at it. I, I, I was a, I was a point off. I said uh, give up eighty and beat them by double digits, and they beat them by nine and by seven at seventy nine. It so, was a great pick, was, really good pick. Pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so the game last night, I I felt like they should have let Katie Johnson take that last shot, and I think they were going to if he had a slip right there. I think that was the plan. Yeah. But what bothers me is is the is it seems like we've lost several games. In the exact same way, where we'll like we'll make the shot at the very end, and then we're not getting back or something, and we let the guys go right back down and score, get up with like, and then like it's like seven seconds or twelve mm-hmm. seconds or something. It, it seems like that's happened at least at least three times. Yeah, to, yeah. to lose games, and um, I I don't know that that should have that should be addressed. I mean, surely it is, and maybe I don't know what the the issue is, but like. Should be no celebrating, you know, until zero is on the clock. It's the, I don't know it's, if they were. Yeah, I mean, but. it's the inability to close out games, and this Auburn team has not been able to do it all year long. I mean, they they just don't they don't have the ability to to close it out for the entire forty minutes. I mean, look, Arkansas, that was a fantastic shot last night. That I was, was a say, tough shot last I night. I did think that last night was more Nick Smith being special because that's a yeah. tough shot that he hit he made auburn a play was, and auburn was in i thought a good defensive possession i mean alan flanagan was right there with him he had a hand in his face and it's late in the shot clock so i i agree with shane because i think there's been times that that happened this season uh but i don't know if i agree about it being last night i think it was just a great shot by a great player i'm, I'm sure it was it just seemed identical like, I could have swore I was having deja vu. We <laughs> yeah. lost that same Feels play. similar. Right. And, but here's the problem, Shane. Who had the ball in their hands? Which team had a chance to send it to overtime and missed? It was Auburn, right? Auburn had a chance to – they their, their destiny was in their own hands, and yet again, they almost turned it over, but then yet again, they missed the final shot. And uh, eventually, you just got to make – you got to make a shot. Well, the last three plays – all right, so, so we go up by one. Then they score real quick, and then we just run down the field, the court, and and instead of even going for the shot, like it, it was really frustrating because like he didn't even take the shot. He just like 
went to the rim and then passed it to somebody like that was said standing right there. Mm-hmm. So instead of going, you know, at least if you're going to go that far, at least go and take the shot or, or like call time out and have, have like, you know, 20 seconds or, yeah. you know, cause it was like, it was, it was, or it was 12 or something like that. It was a good amount of time that we had, uh, you know, to, to think about that. Yeah. Um, instead he just ran down the field, the, the court and, and then, and then didn't finish. Which was frustrating. It was that that's that was that was that was very frustrating to watch the last really twenty seconds. But again, I mean, it's it not awesome like you like you said. Yeah, yeah, the comeback was great. And again, give give this team credit. Give Katie Johnson yeah, a lot I of do. credit. And, and and yeah, I'm not yeah, not saying to you just in general. I mean, I think they deserve uh-huh. all the credit to fight back in a game where they could have laid down and just said, all right, we're going to lose by twenty five. And they did fight yeah. back. And they did have a chance to win this game or get it to overtime and then take it to win. They were winning late, right? But here we are again. All of Auburn's losses outside of two blowouts, they've had chances to win. And they just haven't done it. And guess what? It's March. You've got to find a way to win. That's an NCAA tournament level game last night and Auburn didn't win it. Yeah, and I feel like when what Shane's talking about with the Wendell Green driving down the second to last possession that Auburn had... Uh, I kind of felt like that was a time where Auburn could have used a timeout and drawn something up because yeah. you're down one. And I understand what you're trying to You're trying to get out and run and kind of catch the defense by surprise and run past him and get a layup. But he and, ran into the trees. Yeah, and that, that's what I didn't like. I felt like that was the time to calm things down, get a good look, get a – you know, you'd been drawing up this flex action all night against Arkansas and getting open layups at the rim. You were playing good on offense there – and I just felt like Auburn should have gone to that. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that I was thinking that at the time, but in hindsight, you know, I, I think that that may that could have been a good move was calm down, get everybody on was, the same page, get a bucket, and then play defense. And they were only up by by one. Mm-hmm. So, so if we had made that, then then we would have uh, then we would have been up by one instead yep. of uh, down by three. Yep. yep. Frustrating guys. I'm actually at your building getting some tickets. Okay, yeah, good deal, good deal. Hey, man, we appreciate the call, and I hope you have a good time at Plainsman Park this weekend, man. Good to hear from Shane. We gave away some tickets uh, yesterday. I know the drive gave some away as well, and so uh, we appreciate Shane calling in, and we'd love to hear from you as well, 334-321-1390. As we're talking Auburn and Arkansas update, Tennessee is up by just three on Missouri at the half, 33-30. to They had started to pull away a little bit, and the Missouri Tigers – able to close it up before the half just goes to show you what we know yeah We're sitting here when sitting in here talking about how oh, missouri just doesn't have it and then they're, and they're hanging right with tennessee hanging so. right with them but <laughs> last night's game and i said it i just said it a, a few minutes ago and i'm going to say it again last night's game against arkansas that is an ncaa tournament type game and yet again auburn is unable to finish and then and, and yeah. again auburn is unable to win and beat a quality team down the stretch in the last minute of the game. And think about it, because the Auburn's best win is Tennessee. That's borderline their only good win. And they have Northwestern, they have Arkansas, but in that Tennessee game, they didn't have to win it in the last minute. They were okay. They had a big enough lead to where they commanded it. And give them credit for doing that. But when the game is on the line in the last two minutes, what has Auburn shown to us in this season? They've shown they can't win it. They've shown they can't close out. And they showed that again last night against Arkansas in an NCAA tournament type setting, in an NCAA tournament type game. They were unable to close it out. They had a chance, couldn't get a stop. Nick Smith Jr. made an incredible play, 
And Auburn had the basketball in their hands to send it to overtime and couldn't get it done. We'll talk more about it when we come back, give you an update around college basketball as well. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. The Friday edition of On the Line rolls on. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins joined by Jack Cudden as my co-host Carter Bird out for the day. He will be back on Monday. But as we continue just talking all things college basketball, that is what is going on right now. But Jack, I know you wanted to mention Auburn baseball just a little bit as they get ready for their final non-conference series of the uh, of the season. They've got Southeastern Louisiana, uh, a very sneaky and good team and program. And we had Lindsey Crosby in here a couple of weeks ago talking Auburn baseball. And he said, looking at the entire non-con schedule, this was this was the series he was most worried about. And so Auburn baseball has got a test coming up at Plainsman Park this weekend. I do think that in a lot of ways, this Auburn team got prepared for what they'll see uh, with Lipscomb last week. So Lipscomb, you and you probably heard Butch Thompson talk about it. Um, and I, I think I agree with him here in that that is the toughest pitching that Auburn is going to see all non-conference schedule. And that's and I know that's kind of surprising because it's Lipscomb, but I'm telling you, I think that that pitching staff could rival an SEC staff, um, especially their starters, because they were hitting 94. You saw with sink, you saw with a bunch of sliders kind of being mixed in there. So I think that they've got talent enough to be able to set that up for you. Southeastern Louisiana, on the other hand, you saw them last season in Plainsman Park in that regional that Auburn won. Um, so far on the year, the Lions are nine and four. Uh, so they have they have some pretty good wins on the season, but you know, uh, over teams that I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really know how good they are. They do have a series win over Samford. Um, Lafayette is is or Lafayette. I don't know how you say Lafayette, Lafayette, whatever that Louisiana college is called. Um, but then I was going to let got, you work through it, Lafayette, buddy. sure. Uh, but you got you got to win over Jackson State, and then you got a uh, series loss to Jacksonville University this past week. So, you know, I, I just – I don't really – I'm not really sold on this team yet. Um, you know, they are 9-4, and four, um, but they're pitching-wise. I mean, they've, they've got a guy, uh, Will Kaiser, who is – or Kinsler, I think – um, is going to come in. He's got one of the lowest ERAs in the country right now at 1.5 uh, in 17 innings pitched. He's probably going to be um, their day one starter tonight. I think I, I think that's right. I have to go back and look at that. But he's probably going to be their starter tonight. I think that could give Auburn some fits. Outside of that, I don't really see this Auburn team struggling, especially with how good they've been on offense. Um, it's kind of crazy, and I don't know if you've been paying attention very much, but – it's kind of crazy what Bryson Ware and Ike Irish are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ike Irish, man, he is he is playing well. Golly, I know that for really sure. Is. He's playing well, man. Uh, hitting above 480 coming into this one. Bryson Ware though is outdoing him. Even I mean, Bryson Ware is hitting 511 after the weekday uh, two games against UAB and Jacksonville mm-hmm. State. I mean, Bryson Ware is is surpassing Ike Irish. He's got a 1.69 OPS, which. For those not familiar, that's on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. A normal one is about 800. <laughs> he's yeah. doubling that yeah. at 1.6. So uh, crazy what he's doing. Obviously probably not going to keep up that pace for 
you know, the foreseeable future. But crazy to see what they're doing. I think this is a good Auburn offensive team. I really think we're getting ready. I don't know if it'll be this year. It could be. I think we're getting ready to get into the the golden era of Auburn baseball, if you will. This this team continues to take strides every year. You got the right man at the helm, um, and they are starting to build things that we haven't seen before. So going to be interesting to watch. No doubt that Butch Thompson doing fantastic things with Auburn baseball. They have one more uh, series this weekend uh, against Southeastern Louisiana before they gear up for SEC play. But let's get to the phone lines. We've had a lot of calls today, been fantastic, and we really enjoy hearing from our listeners. 334 321-1390. And Mike, you're on the line. Welcome in. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you? Hey, Mike. All right, now. Uh, pick you back on baseball. I think once we get Vail in that starting three, because uh, it looks like he solidified himself this week. Ooh, he sure did. Performance. Um, I think that's when you'll really get to see what the pitching staff's going to be like. This weekend, you know, he won't be able to pitch but uh, in, in a starting role, but uh, – I like what we've seen out of him so far. He's a good change of pace guy with what kind of bracketed around him. Um, of course, Gonzo, when we get him back, that'll be huge. Um, and offensively, these guys are just mashing the ball more times than not. It's, it's fun to watch. Hopefully, they can continue that in SEC play, which obviously is going to get much tougher because the pitching is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, basketball, man, I, I'm so, I've been so frustrated with this team all year. Because and the main thing that bothers me about them is that they have, and we all know it, we see it. Y'all, y'all talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. It cares. Is that they have these moments in the game, three, four minutes in a game, where it's like they just get into a lull. Yep. And last night, when they need, honestly, in my opinion, they should have. They they could have put that game away if they had played the entire second half like they did the last three minutes. Completely agree. They there was a point in time where we had two guys under a basket after a missed shot, and they they would let one Arkansas rebounder go up in between them. They they're not flat footed. They didn't even like attack the basketball, and yet you would see it a lot. And I think that had a lot to do with the rebounding numbers because. There were multiple times when they would get into these laws where they just – it was like the energy would disappear. And then for some reason it would reappear. And we and, – and that's just been a problem, I think, all year. But it, particularly down the stretch, you know, we played well enough a lot of games to, to beat – I mean, look at Alabama. We played – three-quarters of the game. We were, we were the better team on the floor at the time. Mm-hmm. We, and you can you – can, Name out three or four other games against opponents who were quad, would have been quad wouldn't win, and instead we go through these windows of time where it's like I don't know where they go. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I, I'm I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you, Mike. And, and I'm tired of talking about the same thing every time Auburn loses. Right? It's the same things: the inconsistency, the lack of effort, the lack of awareness at times, and the spotty play. Because you talk about how Auburn ended the first half. Yeah, if they play like that, they win, right? Or if they play like they did when they were down 17 and came all the way back and took a lead, if they play like that the entire time, they win that game and a whole lot more in Nashville. 
But then you look at the first 30 seconds of the second half and Arkansas came out and put five points on you just like that. That's where Arkansas won last night. They were up at the half and they came out with a bigger bigger sense of urgency out of the locker room. That can't happen. That just cannot happen. And it happens way too often with this Auburn team in particular. It sure does. And that's that's the Achilles heel to the team. And uh, it's going to bite them again uh, because, you know, when you do it once or twice, and you overcome it, then you just look back and say, well, you know, that's, that they learned from that. This is a pattern, and it is a very long pattern, and I just don't see it getting any better. I hope it does. I, I mean, I hope they surprise the heck out of me and they, you know, make this great run, which mm-hmm. they're capable of doing because they have the talent. Uh, they don't have a sharpshooter, and that, that's another problem. But um, overall, you can see the ability. It's just maddening to watch when they go through these windows. And it's just, I, when it happened last night, I just got up and walked out of the room and <laughs> got on my computer, started working on work because I was like, N- I know what's going to happen. And dang it. And I, I, told, I said, look, they're going to come back. And this is after they were down like 15 or 14 at the moment. I said, they'll probably make a run. They'll come back. And right at the end, they'll pull. Uh, Defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep, yep. In that, yep. isn't that just in that? Not only just this Auburn basketball team, Mike, but isn't that just Auburn athletics in general? It has been, and it, and it, it we know it except for baseball because they yeah. have uh, hey two World Series runs with this with the way the program has been over the years. Thompson is the man. He is the man. Um, You're I, right about I that. Agree, and I agree with uh, with your co-host there, and I apologize name, but uh, th- we are entering the golden era. Auburn baseball, and, and who knows where it ends up, uh, but it, it's just fantastic to watch, and I'm a huge uh, college baseball fan anyway, so it's great to continue to see this happening, but um, anyway, guys, I'm going to let you go. Great show. Talk to you later. Appreciate the call, Mike. It's good to hear from you, and I've got Jack Hutton sitting in with me today as uh, Carter Carter Bird, my normal co-host, uh, is out of town today, so Jack Hutton, he joins us on Fridays in the second hour, so got him sit with me. He's our baseball guru. As uh, He's one of our baseball gurus, there you I should go. say. I, I'm good with just Jacob's co-host. That you know that accurately <laughs> describes, I think, what I am. No, yeah, we'll, we'll label that on your next paycheck. Yeah, Jacob's yeah, co-host. Jacob's yeah. co-host. There you go, but uh, no, Mike, we appreciate the call. I thought he made really good points. Yeah, uh, I, I think he, he, he was spot on about multiple things right there. Yeah, definitely so. You know, just to to start, he talked about basketball. Um, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about that already. And so um, I don't think there's much that needs to be said there other than just, yeah, it's, it, it is more of the same from this all team. Of course, it's possible that they turn things around. You, you see teams every year that just kind of come out of nowhere and go on these runs. Um, but it seems like we are seeing the same issues. I think you can point to maybe a Katie Johnson emergence, maybe Alan Flanagan um, starting to score more. You know, maybe that's something that can carry Auburn a, a little bit of a ways in a postseason run. But you know, it's just it's it's kind of concerning what's happened before, and I think that um, we're getting ready to see some turnover on the roster uh, as we get into next season. For baseball, just really wanted to mention. I think he's again he's dead on. Um, I something feels like this Auburn program is fixing to turn into I don't want to say like turn into a giant or anything like the the country's premier program I don't don't think it'll be that level but But I think they have potential to be that sure and I I think that they've got potential to be a top 10 program in the country given everything going against them too yes like it it's it's unbelievable incredible what he's done and yeah you got to give I mean I don't I don't I'm probably preaching the choir here but I mean I think baseball deserves 
so much funding for what they've been able to pull off. I mean, you, you got to get resources in that program. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it we, we talk about it a lot. We stress this. A lot of people do on just how good of a job Butch Thompson's doing with baseball. And it's really hard to to make and to help others understand just what he is doing given everything the the amount the fact that his hands are completely triple tied behind his back and he's still taking Auburn baseball in college world series I mean it's it's truly unbelievable but to to get back to basketball here's the problem and and this is where it's it's not done a lot because Auburn fans don't like to do it Auburn media doesn't like to do it but I will do it because I claim that this is on the line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. And I'm going to tell you what I think. And there are times where I look at Bruce Pearl and say he has to be better as a coach. And here's what I mean. You guys were just talking about how you hope that Auburn changes and can make a run in the NCAA tournament. I'm here to tell you that on March 10th, the problems that this basketball team has and the problem that any basketball team has It's not going to change. You are who you are at this point. In the month of March, yes, some teams figure it out and get hot, and some teams can make a run, but the problems that this Auburn team has, they are not going to be fixed. They weren't going to get fixed going into Nashville. They're not going to be fixed going into the NCAA tournament. Can Auburn win a game or two in the NCAA? Absolutely. They very well can because of the things Mike just talked about when it comes to talent and ability to make plays and make shots at times and yes you do have a great coach in Bruce Pearl but this happened to Auburn last year and I brought this up multiple times because I saw it again when Auburn was the best team in America the number one team in the country on an 18 game winning streak I said this is great it's fantastic but this team still has problems I could see those problems And they were covered up by Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. We know how much they were covered up this season, given that they're not here. Yeah. But I talked about that team last year, and I said, look, this team can win a national championship, but they have problems that they need to fix. And guess what? They never fixed them. They went through a bad month of February. They limped into the NCAA tournament, and they got bounced in the second game by Miami. This team has had problems all year long and hasn't addressed them at all haven't fixed them at all and I looked at Bruce Pearl for that and I talked about how I'm tired of us having the same narrative and the same conversations after every Auburn loss lack of effort lack of focus not getting rebounds spotty shooting spotty play going four or five minutes where you're just like where did the team go that is coaching folks that's coaching that is on Bruce Pearl and this coaching staff you've got to have your guys motivated mentally tough and ready to go You cannot let Arkansas come out and start that second half and put five points on you in 30 seconds. You can't do that. That's where they won. And I put that on coaching and Bruce Pearl and this coaching staff because year after year, he's got great talent, and what Bruce has done here is fantastic, but he's also set a very high standard, and he has not hit that standard this year, which is why Auburn fans are frustrated. And I know he's frustrated too. I know he is. He's expressed that. But when a team has problems for three, four, five months at a time, and they are the same problems that you had in December that you're having in March, that's coaching. That is not being addressed. That is not doing anything or fixing it. And that is coaching. And I know you can only do so much with what you have. I get that. But you can try. 
And you can change things around instead of saying, we're going to do the same thing over and over and over and over and hope it works. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But that's coaching. And I put that on Bruce Pearl. I think that is one thing that under Pearl, Auburn at times has been, I guess, guilty of, uh, maybe the right word there, is having an issue persist throughout the year and not seeing a whole lot of movement on it. Not saying that they don't work on it or anything, but I think that there are certain things that do improve over the year. You know, that Final Four team got a whole lot better at shooting the basketball. Yeah. They went through a dry spell, and all of a sudden they got better at shooting the basketball. I actually think this team's doing a little bit of that right now. I think that they're getting better shooting. They go 5 of 16 from behind the arc last night. Not great when you look at those numbers, but you're thinking about that. Auburn's like a 26% three-point shooting team, mm-hmm. and that's 32% last night. That's pretty average across college basketball. That generally gets the job done. So it's improving up to the level. But like you're talking about, something that hasn't really changed has been kind of the IQ, the, you know, what play needs to be made at a certain time. You know, where are we at in the game situation? And I think that that's something that eludes Auburn at times. And I think they got to find a way to figure that out over the course of this week. Definitely in the offseason, you know, kind of rebuilding this roster uh, if that's the direction they choose to go. Auburn loses to Arkansas last night by three in the SEC tournament. They go home and they await to hear their name called on Sunday in the selection show for the NCAA tournament. We got to get to our final break. We'll come back and wrap it up. And I'm going to pose this question and I want us to talk about it in a few minutes when we come back. Auburn's going to make the NCAA tournament, but are they an NCAA tournament team? Are they good enough to be in the NCAA tournament? We'll answer that and wrap up the show when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, I'm joined by Jack Hutton here in the studio on this Friday afternoon. My co-host Carter Bird out for the day. Jack, appreciate you stopping by, man. I know you always do on Fridays, but uh, I appreciate you stopping by talking all things basketball and some baseball as well. Yeah, man. But I posed a question. It was going to be the question of the day. Just haven't had a chance to get to it. We've had great calls all show long. It's been a great conversation between you and I. Uh, It's been a fantastic show today. And so if you've missed any of it, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast, ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center. You'll find on the line right there. Today's show and all shows and search on the line as well. Yes, Jack. Wanted to kind of run through this. So as you know, I'm a little bit of a math nerd and um, I haven't do a little bit of moonlighting as an engineer, um, but I kind of keep my own sort of basketball tournament projections. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, I thought this was really interesting that I wanted to throw this out there. Got Auburn as a 10 seed right now, uh, going through just kind of saying, this is just, you know, by math, like it's got net rankings and records and, you know, all sorts of stuff thrown in there. Got Auburn as a 10 seed right now, going up against seventh seeded Oral Roberts. How about that? Ooh. Then. In the second round game, the two fifteen matchup is Kennesaw State as a 15, mm-hmm. which would be interesting because that's right down the road. Yeah. And Connecticut, the team that beat Auburn first last year. Auburn maybe getting a little revenge there. So just something fun. I don't know if that is the case that that'll that it'll line up that way, but I thought that those were some interesting matchups. There. Interesting. <laughs> well, as we talk the NCAA tournament, we have just a couple of minutes left, but I posed the question. Auburn's going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're in. They will hear their name called on Sunday. They'll be playing somewhere next week on Thursday or Friday. But 
is Auburn an NCAA tournament team? They'll be in, but are they truly an NCAA tournament team in your mind? I am of the belief that they are. Um, I don't think that they are a highly seeded team. Let's, I guess if you were seeding teams based off of, I don't know, because you also have, I started saying mid-majors, but then you know I think Auburn would beat a lot of the mid-majors. Um, I think let's let's say you're taking, I don't know, 40 teams that are going to be at large, and I don't know the exact number, but let's say there's 40 at large teams. I think Auburn is probably in that 30 to 40 range, maybe even 35 to 40. Um, so I, I do think that they are barely on that cusp because we've seen them play with teams like Alabama. I mean, you know, they led for 61 minutes against Alabama this season, mm-hmm. by far the most that anyone's done. They took down Tennessee. They took down Arkansas. I mean, they've, they've played with – they've taken down and played with these big-name teams. Um, they've just come up short sometimes. So I think that they're very competitive. I think that they are an NCAA, NCAA tournament team. I don't know if they are – I think they're pretty close to that line, I guess. So I, I think that they're being seeded pretty accurately – um, across like bracketology that's my opinion I think Auburn is good enough I think they are barely in the field they will hear their name called on Sunday they'll be a nine or ten seed and we'll find out where they're going to be playing who they're going to be playing next week is going to be a lot of fun because the NCAA tournament is here Jack we're getting out of time music kicked on but who wins the SEC tournament? I think it's going to be Texas A&M. Wow. I think A&M is going to pull a stunner. Somebody's going to beat Alabama in this one. Um, don't know who it's going to be. It may be A&M, but I think A&M wins it in the end. Wow. I've got Alabama beating Texas A&M. We'll talk about it on Monday in the NCAA tournament field. Should be a great show. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.